0: Here we are once again back in the podcast studio, our home away from home. It's kind of a weird thing to say considering it is in our home. home. And I just have one question. (laughs) I see, and the people probably just heard you sipping that Halo Burger Coke Sprite. Mm, I doubt it's water. Uh, You're probably treating yourself. And my question is, where the hell is my Dairy Queen, you bastard?
1: It is water, but here's, I guess, my question since. Why do you always start off talking about a fast food franchise?
0: It's like a Pavlovian thing, because, like, for the first three or four or five or seven episodes, they were on
1: Sundays. And I had Dairy okay. acquaint- Queen. Yeah, so let me break it down then. Actually, let me break something down right off the bat then. No one here loves Dairy Queen as much as one may perceive. I was going to. Um, I was skipping through the. There's two things, two quick points before we start start get started. I was skipping through the last thing, and um, the first one was the first five minutes are talking about Dairy Queen. But uh, (laughs) Every time. Yeah, it's, you know, on Sundays we have a free-for-all and do whatever we want. If you've
0: seen the Where Were You When We Would Ride video.
1: That would be an example of some activity we would choose to do on a Sunday. So we end up usually doing a podcast that night. And, um, of course, along with eating all pizzas and ice creams and things, Dairy Queen is usually the place uh, for the ice cream. The nightcap, if you will. It is not by any means a, a much-loved, famed, celebrated place, as it, as it may sound, because you start out every single one. And then it didn't really put me off, obviously. The, uh, but there was one thing that it made me think of, and that was humor. I realize you can't really convey humor especially to people that don't laugh at the humorous things they say. And when I was jumping around the podcast, um, just making sure the volume was consistent all the way from the beginning to the end, which took me about six seconds, it landed on me saying, girls. And I remember saying something about... Um, you, you were saying, you were talking about band dudes telling people they should bring them something for entry oh, to right, show. Oh, right, right. And I just wanted to be clear that that was also a joke, and I may not have laughed after it. And I feel like most things I say that are funny or that I'm joking about do not come across as jokes, and people take them seriously, like when they message me offering up their girlfriends.
0: That's cool, though. I have a couple notes on that. The it first is cool, one. but
1: it's, it's not... Um, there's nothing you can bring me that I'm going to trade you my time for. So that's just a note that I wanted to... um, Clarify. Yeah, yeah, clarify it with.
0: Just a note, your notes. I went to a show last night. I'm not going to say who the band was, but, you know, if they're listening, they know who they are. (laughs) But I'm sure they're not listening. Why are you laughing? (laughs) Because it's funny to say, if they're listening, they know who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And someone brought them... Of uh, uh, Xbox for guest list it's like a $300 thing okay and a ticket's $20 <laughs> yeah but it's it's the chance to have access to the band it really yeah is. that's
1: the big thing I have a problem with and I I appreciate the fans we've talked about it in the past about how there are times when I'm rude to them and put off I'm generally reserved slash kind. I think it's kind because it's my kind, I guess. Um, But sometimes when they bother me, I just don't have a filter, I guess, which is not really a big deal. I don't really want a filter. But um, my biggest thing is, and I may be overthinking it as usual, but I don't like the idea that someone can go get something and then you owe them your time, I guess. Right, right. I Nothing against anyone, but um, I don't really want the... It's not worth it to me to um, open open up, like... I don't really want, like, frivolous relationships, I guess. And I may be overthinking that as well. But it takes a lot of energy to meet and know someone. And you kind of just... Beyond the greeting and hey, cool. And if they want a picture, just tell it to tell a story. A lot of them will just tell a story, then and that's really cool. But when someone brings you something, they kind of feel entitled to it's strange because they don't feel feel entitled to anything, but there are some um, unwritten assumptions, like they're not going to hand it to you, you're not going to take off running down the street after you. Thanks, yeah, right. So, but then, but the, but then they also don't have a clause written that says you have to sit with them for forty five minutes. Right. But they might feel okay for fifteen, and but these are all just invisible guidelines right. that you kind of go by, and I just don't want to bother with them. So, I uh, those are really hard, and it really takes a lot of energy to. Well, plus I don't want anything.
0: Right. I don't like things. Man. There's nothing someone could bring you that would make it.
1: Most which of not the to time, say
0: people haven't brought you things that are cool. A
1: few people have. But they've I
0: mean, never hit you up saying, hey man, can we hang out if I bring you this thing?
1: Yeah, I, I really don't like that because it's kind of like, no. <laughs> if I wanted that, I would go get it. Right. I don't want it. Unless it's a thoughtful gift. Some people have given me thoughtful gifts that are, I think are cool. But
0: There's stuff that's hanging up in the house, which I think is kind
1: of funny. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that we're talking about it now that I think about it because we have all, a lot of that stuff hanging on our walls, which I guess is some of the more thoughtful stuff. Yeah. Stuff that I think is kind of cool or unsolicited, I guess. To, I guess the, the now that we're doing the thought experiment, it's the desire for something in exchange, I guess. Because sure. it's not a gift. And people really do that in society as well. When, when you know, we all know those people that give you something, and then you can see them keeping score in their head, and they bring it up to you seven months later.
0: Oh, remember when I... Yeah, it doesn't I did, have to be giving you something no, either. I remember I when X, I X, gave Z, you a ride to work? Right. You know, now you owe me, or whatever.
1: Or, I, or you know how many times I gave him something, something, and... It's really nothing against anyone. It's just coming from my spot where I came from, I don't owe anyone anything. I don't even owe someone 50 cents. So I don't like taking things from people because...
0: Which is it's kind of funny that you say that because you're one of the most generous people I've ever met. Like, we have a friend that goes to Dairy Queen with us, and I've never once seen him pay for his own Dairy Queen. You always buy it for him (laughs) him because every time we go, he's like... Who uh, pockets looking a little light today? He's like tapping
1: his pockets like if he does a spell, there something's gonna appear in there. He's looking at the menu. He's he's doing math in his head. I can see he's doing math and like um like it's ever going to be. But now it's more just about uh um what would it be? Like an earned,
0: because he's not asking. He's not yeah, he ask. asking.
1: Yeah, he doesn't ask. And
0: but it's an earned respect or something was I, I, how I would classify it, or, or, or earned or recognized value, or something like that.
1: Yeah, it's... Hmm. I guess I'm trying to think of the way to break it down. It's kind of impulsive, too, because there are people that I'm just as good, if not better friends with, that I wouldn't do that. Right. With. It's because I don't appreciate them in that way.
0: Yeah. Um, or it's almost like the way you describe that, it's almost like a, not fed up, but it's just like... It's really nothing for you to buy a five dollar blizzard, for somebody.
1: If I yeah, I I think coming from a place of having nothing, if I feel like I have five dollars and that person doesn't, then then I'll definitely uh, buy him a whatever he gets. I don't fucking know what he gets, but I don't think he even knows what he gets. <laughs> it's yeah, it's almost like Abe Lincoln status, you know, where the old uh, the old do gooder quote he has, but really it's it's kind of just what I always think, and I may be a fool for this, and I think we may have talked about this as well, is if this person had it, would they do it for me right? And if the answer is yes, I'll usually do it because I can't use that attitude, that benevolent attitude for all the people around me because' RLT'd be broke, <laughs> I would be more than broke <laughs> I mean growing up. Yeah, I had no value, and I let every I let people with no value around me. Some people stayed low to no value, and those type of people will take and never give. You know, so there's it's two things. One is would this person do it for me? The second one is I think the most important part that people don't think about is this p- person ever going to be in the position to do that. So you have the f- you have the friend that hypothetically would, right? Ver- he would verbally, he'll tell you a hundred times if I had it, I'd da 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 da. Right. And then you have to think in your mind, you know, are we going to be fifty and he's still going to be saying if, if, right? So you you have to really put it against someone that. Wait a minute, you're never going to be in any type of position to even buy me a blizzard. That means something because. I think uh, it's a prerequisite to that way of thinking entirely. If you ain't going to go and get that for yourself, you're never going to be in that position. It's easy to sit back and say say a bunch of things, you know. We might have talked about that before, but it's free. It's yeah. free for me to tell yeah. you if I had it, I'd look what out. What you would do. But my experience with people is if they, if they don't look out if they have it, it's if I had more, I'd look out. So if I had 10 grand it would be if I had 20 right if I were hundred thousand there I'd, I'd need a million before I could hook y'all up if I need if I had a million I'd need a you know 10 million before I looked out for y'all or bought y'all a house or whatever it might be you know what I mean it's always the, the more it's never but I'm, from my experience it's it's the same regardless of what level regardless of the level so if I have ten dollars and I'll give you five. Um, it goes all the way up, you know. Right. It doesn't matter how much it is. If you if you if you're a dude that's not giving people shit, you are not going to give them shit, regardless of how much you have. You're just a stingy ass dude.
0: Whether or not you have it, or whether not. you have
1: it or not is is completely besides the point. That's off on a tangent, though. I think um,
0: right, but it's a it's an interesting tangent. The only thing I kind of want to come back to it, but I did want to mention that like. Something that people might not know about you, just from the person that they see just by listening to the music, if they don't really know you. Dude, you're actually funny as fuck. (laughs) And I know you don't think you are, but it's like, like I wrote, because I wrote notes when I was reading your book. I'm a stan. And one of the notes I wrote was about how you use humor in the book to help illustrate points and stuff. And you just mentioned, you know, how you made this joke, but because you don't laugh at your own joke afterwards, it's, some people don't think you're joking. Yeah. And then, and then that gets into a whole other thing about the two, like, two different types of comedy that me and you kind of reflect, where if I make a joke, I'm usually the first one to laugh at it. Right. <laughs> I'm As just, you are right now. Because I'm just having a good-ass time. Right, right. And you kind of see someone like Dave Chappelle do- does that, like in the new s- stand-up special. He'll make a joke and then laugh and walk off stage or you know something like that. He always
1: taps the mic on <laughs> his-, his leg, yeah. which is so funny. He's but there's so other funny.
0: comedians, you know, like a deadpan style, they say something funny and they'll just straight face through it.
1: Yeah, some of the classic ones. So. The classic ones, I think, do that.
0: Just kinda yeah, I don't know
1: why. Um, I do have an idea of why, and that is also why... Uh, suicide King has some humor in it. Yeah. People think that um, we're switching our style up or whatever, but it's more like, you know, you're talking about suicide. And to get through, I believe comedy is the antidote to life. Yeah. Period. If you if you can't laugh or have a sense of humor at something, you're going to be in a rough place. And a lot of times it's people that have that tendency... Or, or whatever, like, you know, I feel like I have this obsession with death. To use a poetic term, I feel like I am on a diet of death. And the only way you get through it, like this shitty life or whatever in, in the book or that I've the life that I've had or in the, in the one that I'm writing about in the book, whether it um, encompasses everything or not because it's just a few years, the only way you get through it is through humor. Right. The only problem with that is um your humor's a little bit darker. I don't like to I don't like to say darker because it reminds me of dark comedy movies. It's not that. It's yeah. more just like grim. Well
0: some people it, some people just don't get it and they just think you're an asshole.
1: Yeah. Sometimes that's, that's a little bit of a misunderstanding, but what I always think of, and I don't know why I think of this, because this is not one of my favorite movies. It's it's good, a good direct, good everything. I don't know why this stands out to me. Um, I believe at the beginning of The Departed, um, Jack Nicholson and his muscle are sitting on the beach executing a couple. Okay. Is that the beginning? And I'm when he shoots years. her, he says... He fell funny. Okay. I don't know if I've ever been in that same situation to talk about on the (laughs) podcast, but that is the humor that I have. Right. He shoots him in the head. It might have been a girl. I believe it was a couple. But when they fall, they're on their knees. He shoots him in the back of the head, one of them. And then he says something like, she fell funny. It's it's just, just...
0: Like an observation that you wouldn't normally make. You wouldn't think someone would make in a situation like that.
1: Yeah. It reminds me of an observation that I thought was similar to me. Um, I was reading about a murder. I think it was in Italy. Do you remember about the Amanda Knox? Um, It was uh, her and her boyfriend had been... ...accused of murdering her college dorm mate.
0: No, I don't think I
1: heard about it. I was reading um, Malcolm Gladwell's newest book a few days ago. It came out. It's called Talking to Strangers. Okay. And... She basically was... ...thought guilty... ...because of how she acted wasn't how you would presumably act... ...if you found someone in your room dead rather... She acted kind of like she did it. What did In she do? In their eyes, nothing. She didn't do anything. She came home and found a dead body. But her personality was all everyone was saying, prosecutor, uh, police, um, whatever it was, was she doesn't act like someone whose roommate just got killed. Right. And she was just a little bit quirky, a little weird. Sure. Uh, had a strange sense of humor. Um... She didn't find it funny or anything, but. She didn't find it disturbing? Or. uh, It. Yeah, but not to the degree that they thought she should have. It's kind of weird. For example, she stretched in her holding cell while awaiting trial. Oh, okay. She did, you know, did things things. that, that they thought didn't make sense for someone that just found their roommate she wasn't hysterical she wasn't crying hysterically or screaming in pain or whatever she was more upset and they, they thought that was a strike against her because she described uh, an upset situation and by saying something like she so and so had just had her throat slashed and whatever they thought it was insensitive enough to maybe even hint that she did it okay was there was not even a chance
0: so did she end up Getting in trouble? After a few years, I believe that she got out. Okay, so she did go to jail. Yeah. That's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah. Anyway, the point was, I always feel for those types of people. Because even when things happen to me, like whatever it may be, when I was shot, I just called one of my friends and walked back and I went to hang out with my friends, hang out with some girls. And then I went to the tattoo shop. And I asked if someone knew anything about this shit, <laughs> kind of laughing, but almost bleeding to death, you know? Did you, uh, what and was people, the tattoo you got?
0: No. Or you were just No, I out? went to hide out. Oh, okay. You know, I
1: went to hide out. Um, I was with the girls for a while, and, uh, then when it became too late, I went to kind of hide out because I didn't know what was going on, really. Right, right. But it was, I was kind of, you know, I went to the diner, bleeding everywhere, shit, sat down and had me a coffee and shit. I was just thinking through things, basically. Right. But if you would have find me sitting in the corner at a diner, bleeding everywhere, you would it have would thought have maybe it was a little bit fishy. Right. <laughs> maybe I was in the wrong for something, especially how funny I thought it was. Um, so much so to where when I tell these things um, out loud... They're kind of people don't believe them. I guess. Right. So. It's kind of a. It's just a personality thing, but my point was. Comedy is important and humor is too, and I don't have a great sense of humor, but. Um, I think I do have a strange perspective, and in, in 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 comedy and humor and lightheartedness and even playfulness, is a lot on the latest record and it's that way by design it's called Suicide King
0: do you have like a an example like a yeah have you listened to the
1: lyrics to Four Fifth okay you just you have to be retarded right I mean have
0: you ever seen a grown man do a backflip like something like that or
1: yeah I mean (laughs) even that's wrong to laugh at you're talking about shooting someone with a gun (laughs) so powerful that they backflip but it's just that you know, type of you're not supposed to laugh at those things, but one thing that I did that I thought was more about attitude was and this comes I believe we talked about this before when I when I talked about not writing. Uh I just say shit and bitch and it's just really stupid. Yeah. Elementary style rhymes. It's not by by any in any way am I proud of it. But it's uh, it's just an attitude. It's more like punk rock. It's like an attitude, not a t- skill. So when it says, when, in the first verse, I think, or something, yeah, it says, "bitch, shit, bitch, shit." Isn't it's, it? It's like you smell so like elementary. old
0: shit, <laughs> Oh, bitch. Which we it's, always laughed because in is it Alpha and Omega? You say. Uh, it's like fuck and then bitch, or like damn, yeah. and then we're like, this man just said two just fucking as fuck, swears right? in a row, and he had to one up himself on Suicide King and make it three. Uh, so maybe in the next release, like we'll get who four would ever write
1: down on paper three words in a row? Shit, ho, bitch. That's just complete retarded. But my point is, it was, it was, well, I made all that song up in one go, you know, that was just. Random, you know, played the beat, and then I just said what I needed to say. Feeling myself that day.
0: How much of your music do you freestyle versus
1: write? 98% freestyle. Okay. 2% written.
0: I mean, it, the the proof is right there if you watch the right That's now freestyle pretty much video.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right now. So. Yeah, and, and sometimes... I don't like analyzing it. I like uh, uh, all the same, I guess. Like right now, freestyle. I wanted to call it freestyle because I wanted it, people to know, like, it's just I'm just in that mood. And I and remember when what was going on was we you know we were eating and and he had the beat playing. Yeah. And I was like, I can probably hit this all the way through. Right. And then we just walked in there. And I didn't want to really flex. I didn't want to show no skills. I didn't want to uh, be impressive with metaphors. I didn't want to, whatever. The beat, to me, felt like a hypnotizing, redundant, repetitive. I didn't want any parts. I didn't... Like, I didn't want Cat to put no horn or no bells like he usually does or or none of that Um, texture. It's just redundant loop. And that was the mood. And it's just a mood. As they say, it's a vibe. <laughs> it's a
0: vibe. <laughs> but, uh... I keep jumping back and forth, but going back to, um... Like, the people asking for Gustless for... for bringing something, or... Um... Just that idea that they can... have access through... a gift, or through some sort of offering in some sort of way is really interesting to think about because, you know, we have made friends through the band. Whether it's, like, other bands that we've toured with or, you know, there's a few tattoo artists that we know that we're pretty cool with that we wouldn't know if it wasn't for the band or, you know, there's a couple other people. And it's kind of interesting to think about how if that person... You know, what gives that person the access over the guy that's just like, hey, can I bring you Dairy Queen and you can put me on the guest list?
1: And it's like, no, I can buy the Dairy Queen. Right. Um, Yeah, I think it's, I think they're admitting to not having any value up front. They're they're basically saying, uh, what do you want? And I'll bring it and then that'll make me cool. Yeah. Or worth talking to, but it won't. And the idea that you have to do that is proof that you're not, um, of any value so I think the friends we've made um, here I'll just give you another one uh, Dan Pink who is a popular author he has a book called everyone is a salesman I think every human sure, is yeah, a salesman. Yeah. have you heard of that
0: I've heard of the idea I don't know if I've read that particular and book it but
1: comes down to uh the idea that um Value. It comes down to uh,
0: everyone's offering or some sort something, of something. It right? doesn't have to
1: be a physical good or even a service. It's called really. to sell is human. Okay. And he's talking about the value of people all through the book. Right. And it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have to even be a thing. It's actually a uh, a jab, I think, at vanity, and um, I think it's also a jab at intellect. If someone offers you of uh, something in exchange for your Time. Whatever, yeah. Friendship, potentially. I I really like the thoughtful things. I like thoughtful things and stuff like conversations or whatever. Um, for example, some some of the things um, like we have became friends with Sarah and Ray. Yeah. For example. Some of the things we talk about, you couldn't have those conversations with just any Tom, Dick, or Harry. Right. So when when you talk about offering something, it doesn't have to be a tangible thing. It can be an elect or, or something else. A social exchange, really? Aside from the fact that they're really interesting. And you kind of like people to be interesting, right? Yeah. I mean, my whole diagnosis is when i was young i was very worthless there was not any value to me at all and my whole group of friends was worthless as well because we had no worth and we were we had no value in life in society monetarily anywhere (laughs) on this planet we had no value as i got older i told myself i had to get value yeah and value just meant at that time smart because there was no fucking way i was going to get any money unless i went and took it from someone and that even wasn't value because I was just doing the wrong thing to other people that did have value but as I got older I realized and we talked about this before in the past you have to be feeling yourself because no No one else else is going to feel you you know but when you can't write a song like Alpha and Omega and not be feeling yourself right it's not possible so for better or worse, this is the author of Alpha and Omega. He clearly feels himself, right? Not all the time. Most of the time, not actually. Twenty-three hours out of the day, I don't feel myself. But
0: so there's that one special hour.
1: You have to value yourself and value your time. And if you want to do any better ever, you have to really be an auditor of who you let around you. Yeah. People always talk about it and use that energy idea. They're like, you know, bad energy getting around me. I can't you know what I mean? But it's kinda true. But it's not wrong. Yeah. You and you do that anything. Like if you if if you owned a business
0: You would fire a bad employee.
1: Right. You would want someone valuable, right? It's the same with friends. You don't just open up the floodgates and right. tell everyone to come running in that you would like to be friends with everyone because essentially what they're saying when they when they say um you know, I want some of your time, which to me is invaluable and it's unforgivable, too. Um, I would rather you ask for something like anything. I would rather give you anything in my life uh, aside from my time because there I can get anything back. If you want the shirt off my back, you can have it because I can go get another shirt. I'll never get another Wednesday. You so. wear
0: some nice shirts, too. Shandana, that's not the point. That's not Gucci.
1: the point. <laughs> I'm, the point. You know what I'm saying, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're acting like you being stingy with the only thing you f- can get back resource that is that is that is finite. Do you think that that's because
0: that's the only resource they have to offer is their time? They're like, hey, I can, I, I'm available. I can, I can be there and I can talk to you, but I don't have any sort of thing to give you, or. You know, any sort of stimulus.
1: Any iron to sharpen, you know what I mean? Whatever your sword may be, iron sharpens iron kind of thing. And yeah, when you assume that you're worth something, and I assume that I'm worth something, it's, it's besides the point that I'm going to give something back to you. If you're around me, you're going to get something out of it. Right. I don't know what Whether that Whether it's be. free dairy <laughs> queen. Right. <laughs> In its simplest forms, <laughs> um, it could be free dairy queen, but it, you know. So I'm already assuming that I have, I have that thing worth giving. So, but when you, when you offer otherwise, you're you're basically just saying, hmm, I have pretty much no value and nothing to offer besides this stuff you can go to the corner store and buy. And and I can't really necessarily say I won't give you my time because I I still do that. But I'm definitely not inclined to. Um, you know, if you ask something interesting or if you do something interesting, I might be curious about those types of things. But right. just to blindly give away your time, to me, is just crazy. It makes no sense why people think that that is a, an idea to be sympathetic toward.
0: And most of the time, like, the the relationships that do form, form naturally. Like, you you know, you mentioned Sarah and Ray. Like, it wasn't like we hit them up on Instagram randomly or they hit us up on Instagram randomly. It was just kind of like it we took over noticed a years. what they yeah. were doing. And, I mean, I, they noticed what we were doing. And, you know, it took a while, but
1: yeah, it just kind of
0: messed up naturally.
1: Yeah, and then when you have conversations over the years or whatever you... You find out you actually like this person, or or something, which is strange. But, but sometimes people, people you've
0: shown me people just message you and be like, "Can we be friends?" Yeah. It's like how?
1: And the answer is how? no, because um, um, no one that I would want to be friends with would ever ask that.
0: Right. You. I. I don't think. You know, even a pl- taking away the music, and you know. If you whatever you want to call yeah, it, yeah, no, anything, anyone access, on the street or anything. Yeah, no one becomes friends like that unless you're a child in elementary school.
1: Which, in that case, you would be two children in elementary school, in which we aren't. Right. Which even then,
0: there's probably some sort of subconscious uh, determination of value going on between two children when one says, "Hey, do you want to be friends?" You know what I mean. Yeah, so you're in the
1: same place at the same time, and you probably have more in common than whoever is messaging me. So uh, it's just it's interesting to think about how
0: friendships yeah. form, really.
1: I guess. Yeah, it's not a thing to be taken lightly, and I also don't like that that people completely overlook the fact uh, that some people. It's a little bit more sacred, too, I guess. Some people are a little bit more stingy, which that I I am. I, you know, I don't really like people that much, I guess. Right. Especially when you believe that people inherently are no good. Um, you know that 8 out of 10 people that you walk by on the street probably don't want to know. And that's just where I come from, so... I'm not really at that point yet of real enlightenment. As far as
0: the general populace goes, yeah. it is crazy Like how, I think we've talked about this, but the idea that because you're in a band and someone likes your band, there's a sense of uh, duty bestowed upon you to be nice to that person. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think we did talk about that in the past, right? I don't. I try to be nice in some things like that, but sometimes when I'm off, I'm off. And sometimes uh, you know, I, I do things that you, you can't necessarily erase or undo or whatever it may right. be. And sometimes I'm just being myself, and I'm not really apologetic about that. And if, it seems like if you knew anything ab- about me or at least observed anything, you would understand, kind of, that I'm not the type of person to X, Y, or Z, you know what I mean? Make some observations and some assumptions.
0: And it's kind of, kind of, I don't know if tough's the right word, but for a lot of these people that want to meet you and talk to you and have a chance to be your friend or whatever, it's like a, you get a few seconds or a few minutes. And if you're just not feeling it, right? What's that saying, like, don't meet your heroes or whatever? Not saying that you're anybody's hero. You probably are.
1: But. Yeah, not saying that, but. Saying that it'll be a letdown. It's because
0: it could. It couldn't I like have the counterpoint
1: to, to don't meet your heroes is don't build people up. Okay. Sure. You know that's my people are just people. Yeah, and that's not to say that I don't think I'd have a good relationship with some of the people that I think I admire, but usually the people that I like, usually the people that hang around me. Are not the type of people that do what we just described. Right. They didn't. They did not hanging out because they did that. Right. Um, so I don't know what the point was, but humor is the antidote to suicide. Keep you Fact. from doing it until... <laughs> well, something uh, kind of
0: interesting that you said was um, you can't erase it or something, right? When you meet somebody for the first time or whatever and it kind of made me think someone had asked me the other day this is going to be a weird segue but it makes sense in my head Uh, like do you have any goals when you set out to record this podcast or how do you know you've done a good one when you're done with it do you go back and listen to it and the answer for me is 100% no I've never listened to any of the podcasts we've recorded not a a second and even though you said you've skipped through I know you don't listen to them either
1: no. Uh, so when I skip through I mean I click the mouse around on the wave on the wave to make sure that there's audio coming through at about twelve or fourteen spots throughout it. Right. It maybe takes less than ten seconds. So that's just to make that make sure that the mic worked.
0: If anything um, crazy happens in a podcast audio wise, that's probably why. <laughs> but yeah. The idea of, you know, they, so they said, How do you know when you've done a good podcast? And my response was I really have no way of knowing um, because, one, we don't have, a, when we sit down to do these, we're not like, all right, let's make sure we talk about X, Y, and Z and make this point and that point. We just start talking, usually about Dairy Queen.
1: Yeah, which yeah, which I already made clear, Dairy Queen is definitely not important to us. <laughs> but also, I should do a cliff note here as well that we are not good at marketing and promoting. Because anyone that was doing anything would sit here and talk about um, all the things they have coming up and all the right. whatever and smash that subscribe and smash the like and the follow and the shit whatever. I don't want to get off topic, but I mean, hey, if you want to do all that stuff, I don't listen cool. to. Uh, um, I don't re-listen to them now. So and I don't believe and to answer what I well, here's what I my bullshit opinion which doesn't matter either. No one does. No one knows. I think this applies to everything. No one knows when what they did was good or if it was anything. I think it's a lot of psychological dissonance, confirmation bias, as we always talk about. And it's a lot of post-hoc. It's the A&R syndrome. It's no one knows until it it is. It is something. Yeah. And then they say, oh, well, of course it was that, this, that, and the other thing. Like in music, they say X, Y, and Z worked on it. But X, Y, and Z have failures every month. Right. You only remember the victories. And th- I always call it the A&R solution. So when you hand your record in, A&R will always, um, they'll use abstract, vague, smoke screen, fucking smoke and mirrors, terminologies and buzzwords to describe what you need to do to the record without telling you.
0: As far as adjustments to make?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though um, it's made up of so many stems, so many samples, so many sounds, even though the drums on this are made up of a snare drum, a kick drum, a cymbal, and whatever, the vocals are made up of these words doing this, the guitars are made up of this, even though it's all quantifiable, they have no idea what you should change, but they should feel as an A&R. That they need to tell you that it needs to be better in some way.
0: So they say like corny stuff like, "Let me get a little more," you know, whatever. Just like, the attitude, yeah. Just and the
1: feeling is, you know, I just feel like you're just expressive. They use all these strange adjectives and verbs that that don't go together. Yeah, and they're all a bunch of retards. But the idea is, when they tell you to do that, if this thing happens to work,
0: then it was because that's of that. That's why.
1: If something fails, then they, they, the only problem is they do the same thing. They they tell you all the reasons why. Because, and working and failing are stupid words to use, but to bring it back to the original point when you're talking about podcasting, the truth is no. We don't listen because the truth is you and me can't tell you the difference between a good and bad one. Yeah. Are we enjoying the combo we're having? Probably or else we wouldn't do it. When we start not to, we just turn it off, right?
0: Yeah, which hasn't happened. They've all been one takes.
1: I mean when we're done with talking. When we oh, get yeah. done to the talk and yeah. we don't feel like talking anymore, we usually hit, hit stop. It. So my and point we go, is that it seemed all right. <laughs> it seemed all right. But the, the, the point is no one is sitting there saying, yeah, this is going to take over the world.
0: Joe Rogan. Are
1: coming for you. I mean, when when they're making their thing, we kind of talked anything. about it in the last thing, like the copycat yeah. cat meme or the viral right. thing or whatever. There's no antidote for virility. Like, there's not an equation, and these people, you know, to, just to take music, the industry that I know, they don't know either. They sign dozens of things every year that all fail, and the big ones that work pay for right. I mean, Nickelback paid for Roadrunners' lights to be on for years. And they are the ca- the the reason why so many bands continue to be signed to that label.
0: It is interesting to think, like, what if, I don't really know how Slipknot, for example, was discovered, right? But say they never were. They would just be a bunch of dudes wearing masks, playing, probably, maybe they wouldn't even be a band anymore, but right. say they continue to do it, they would just be a bunch of dudes in masks playing the same songs. Right. But nobody would be listening to it because they didn't get discovered. And I'm not saying that they didn't you know, work hard to get whatever yeah, they have. Yeah, no
1: doubt. But they, they, everyone that, that got there worked to some extent. But the point is, um, it's easy to see. Uh, Nassim Taleb talks about this in The Black Swan, which we have a song named after a socioeconomic theory that everything is so easy to see after it happens 9-11 was so easy to see after it happened Um, but all these in the music world just to stick on the the business that we know when something works it's oh this worked because of this and when something doesn't work it's like no wonder it didn't work because of this and it's just uh, it goes back to that A&R idea where when you hand in a record they have to tell you a few things without telling you anything at all Um, Usually just some buzzwords and some bullshit to go along with it. So that when it comes out, they at least did something. Right. The only problem is they don't actually tell you anything. They don't tell you... um, Or they tell you things that don't matter. Like, (laughs) a few things are... um, Let's say, going to radio. This was a funny experiment that I did. We're going to radio, we got this song, Eyes... Have you ever seen the videos different than the song on the on the record? Right, has a few guitars and some snare drums, drums and stuff. If you recall that, yeah, that was what that was what we called the radio version. Because
0: they wanted it to be more. Mm-hmm. How did they describe they it? They don't know.
1: No. <laughs> more like the radio. Okay. Okay, you it Here goes a corny ass guitar, and here goes some corny ass drums, and guess what? It didn't make any difference. But they just sweep that under the rug. I mean. The idea is no one knows exactly what and why or else everyone would manufacture successes every single effort. Yeah. They don't have successes every single effort. We only know about the successes. But that's like saying you could go viral whenever you feel like it. It's just not true. There are some people that are better at it than others, no doubt. But there is no one that's that can sit back and just say, yeah, watch this.
0: This is probably going to be way crazy sounding but you know I'm a little Uzi stan and he has a lyric that's something along the lines of like you say I'm a clone of you go ahead and make another one then yeah um cause that's Jay-Z, a big thing in rap
1: uh, yeah Jay Z said uh and- yeah or like son and like yeah, I, yeah, you know he's my son or whatever. Like I invented you, I made you, kind of thing.
0: And sometimes it is said in an in endearing way, right? Like, y- You Neil know, yeah, has a lot yeah, of yeah, people yeah. that he, you know, helped me. Yeah,
1: but. yeah, because those are people your peers that you help. Um, but when it's in a negative way, Jay Z uh, said this, said I think may have said it first. I can't can't recall. It, but he said so and so say they made me. Okay, we'll make another me.
0: Yeah, right. And they can't. Because it's not, not possible. <laughs> yeah,
1: and kind of got off on a tangent there, but the point is, we kind of touched on it last time too when you were talking about grumpy cat meme or something. Yeah,
0: they didn't. You don't know. You that didn't it's gonna say be... I'm gonna make a grumpy cat meme.
1: Right. It was a it was a cat picture. And
0: the it world took decided off. that it was
1: a meme. I really don't like the idea that the evolutionary biology term meme, memetic is it's a pop culture phrase to describe a photo these days, but that, that happens. is the sad world, and that's a meme, and it's strange because no one knows where the word came from. Right. I mean, it was Richard Dawkins, uh, but no one knows that. And um, the idea is it's strange because... Everything is so obvious after the fact. But getting back to our original point is you don't know and I don't know when we've done anything good. And you can't know. And it's a strange place to be in when you're creating things because everything looks the same. Right. Every podcast, every song, everything. People are... If you go to our Spotify and it says, Alpha and Omega, Kill them All, Fat Around the Heart... Uh, sing, you know, Singles are the most listened to Those songs all look the same to me As, as all the other ones I don't look at one and say You know this one's going to be the number one On the fucking Spotify Right or the, This is one that's going to be at the workout playlist And that's going to get picked up by Spotify And make it
0: t- Bigger uh, than it would have Whatever
1: been. Yeah You don't There are people that kind of have their ear on that type of stuff And they have a knack for it because that's the world that they live in, but it's not necessarily just a, a formula that people have down. I don't, I don't think there. There are people that increase their odds, like Max Martin has obviously done pretty good for himself. But I believe that is a world built around him, and he's also an exception, not the rule. Um, but it gets to the point where, when the world is built around you in a certain way, the way that you move is. Um, L.A. Reid was kind of like that. The way that you move is kind of. You do have a say in what the people want, I guess. Steve Jobs has the quote that says, they don't know what they want until you sell it to them, sort sure. kind of thing. Or the Henry Ford one, which that we, we always said. always said before. <laughs> yeah. Faster horses, baby. I would have asked people what they wanted. They would have told me faster horses. That's the point, I guess.
0: It's interesting to think about, too. (laughs) Like, I always feel like stuff like fashion or things like that, like, you could look at something and, you know, it would be considered in fashion, but why? Because people say it is. Or, I mean, I, I, I just thought of this, too. Like, the American traditional style of tattooing was as far as I'm aware, started because that was, like, the quickest way for them to do it, to get these big, bold images so that you know what it is, but they're still kind of simple, because they were tattooing sailors and soldiers, like, assembly line styles, just getting them through quick, but now it's, like, yeah. a whole, the you know, it's the go-to style, if you will, so... yeah.
1: Use of the American style beyond American, the, tribal yeah, the American Yeah, American features and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. And that's just an origin thing. And it's uh it is weird when people make it more than it, it really is. And right. They do that all the time with hip hop, mainly, but when you look at something and, and they and they dream up a whole idea about how it's such a work of art. I think we've talked about it before, but someone that left a, I believe it was a pineapple or something at the L.A. Museum. A okay. uh, kid was eating it. Left it there. Before the, they knew it, there was a crowd around it Thinking photographing it, was it, and there was an article written about it. About this genius new modern piece. Right. It's kind of crazy. Because
0: there are, I mean, I'm modern art's a little confusing to me. I, always, I don't write it off. Like, if I were at a museum... I look at it and I try to think, you know, where it could be coming from, but you know, just that idea that anything anything is anything.
1: Yeah. As you like to say. We have a saying called anything is anything, and that basically sums up this whole podcast. Because yeah, it on one hand you're like, this world is completely full of shit. But on the other hand, you're like, anything is worth some real thinking and that's kind of what this podcast is kind of about it may sound like we've overthink simple ideas but there's really only a handful of ideas worth thinking about and everything else is just kind of an extrapolation of the handful of simple ideas that pretty much are contained in any thought and my point is things like the simple pineapple sitting there are actually worth examining but It is a sick, sad joke that people, you know, things like museums and thing, these types of things are, are very weird. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird, uh, it's a, I'm trying to think of basically how to summarize it. Um. Whatever it is, and regardless if it's important or not or it's deep or whatever it may be, I don't like when people write things off, especially when I'm on uh, under the, the impression that most people don't understand most things. Right. Yet you just write it off like, oh, yeah, I have an opinion about that. Don't worry. As soon as you finish talking, I'm going to tell you my view on it. I
0: feel like that about certain movies. Like if someone says a movie sucks, I'm like, oh, so you're just stupid.
1: <laughs> yeah it's hard to really address that because what does suck mean
0: that's that's what I'm saying when people say that specifically like, oh that movie sucked, or it's the, like or, can you give me a single reason why
1: or some places to visit right like Rome sucks right like wait a minute, you think Rome <laughs> you suck yeah. rainer Maria Rilke has a quote that basically says that. He says, this is not the quote. I'm going to fuck up the quote as usual. But he says, if you have such an underwhelming life, don't blame everything around you. Right. Blame yourself for not being able to call forth the fruits of life. And I like the way he puts it because, you know, there are several people around that you can can turn on the Internet, the phone, the whatever you want to turn on and see people calling forth the fruits of life. Right. I know people just write that off as ah, that they're just a, they're born special or whatever the fuck excuse makes you feel better about your shitty self but the fact is they're not they're you're just not doing ooh, everything you could I guess
0: Yeah I mean I think at this point I've only got one more thing I want to ask
1: What's that How wild was last night?